Hey everyone, welcome to The Exchange Daily. Today is Friday, May 8th, 2020, where every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we release a new podcast where we go through a psalm and just meditate on God's scripture. And our hope is to stay connected during this time and just to take our thoughts captive and to meditate on God's word. Um, we are going to be looking at the second half of Psalm 27. Psalm 27. This is my favorite psalm, personally. This has meant so much to me over the years, and I'll even share more later why. Um, but we looked at the first half of Psalm 27. I want to look at the last half. So we're in Psalm 27, verse 7. Here's what David says. He writes, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said... Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. That's Psalm 27, verse 7 through 10. We'll look at the rest in a second. Listen, this is powerful. I mean, this kind of summarizes what it means even to be a follower of Jesus, a follower of the way of Jesus. Here's what I mean. It's in verse 8 where he says, the Lord literally said to David, seek my face. And David's response immediately is your face, Lord, I will seek. Do you hear God's desire in this? God is saying, seek my face, my face, like seek me. Notice God says this, my face, my face, not seek my hands, not seek what I can do for you, but seek my face. Um, You guys, a lot of us seek the hand of God, but we don't always seek the face of God. I'm very guilty of this. We just spend time in prayer asking him to do things for us. Like God, just do this and help me and provide for me. And, And we seek God's hand. But God desires that we would seek his face, his face, not what he can do for his, for us, but just seek him, enjoy him, seek him, seek him. Man, there's this call to seeking God. You know, um, I used to have a dog named Hercules. It was a little beagle. And we kind of had a love-hate relationship. I mean, he loved my wife. Like, he adored my wife. We had him for about, I think, seven years Um, I mean, he literally just like dreamed about her. He loved her, but me and him, not so much. Um, I remember there are different times where my wife would either go out of town or maybe visit family and she would, you know, leave him with me. And, you know, as soon as she left, he was nice to me because, you know, I fed him. I took care of him. I gave him water, you know, I'd play with him, pet him, whatever. Um, I was good to him. And he would actually snuggle with me and he loved on me. But the day she would get back from her trip or whatever, he basically would walk around like, who are you? Like he acted like we never even met before. And I realized he used me. He he didn't really want me. He didn't really care about me. He was just using me to stay alive. His basically his, his true love was my wife and I was just a means to an end. Um, and here's what we can do with God sometimes, which is maybe for us, God is not the end, but he's a means to an end. We seek his hand. What can God do for me? But that's not the point. God's like, seek my face. I just want a relationship with you. 
I mean, it really is like being in a relationship with someone and all they do is, is ask you to spend money on them, buy things for me, do this, do this. I mean, sooner or later, the person will wake up and be like, you really don't love me. You love what I can do for you. And God says to David, David, don't seek my hand, seek my face, seek me. A real vibrant relationship with me. That's what God wants. And David responds beautifully and just says, okay, then your face, Lord, that's what I will seek. And, and notice he immediately responded to the Lord with what the Lord wanted. You see, guys, um, God says, seek my face. This week, this day, I mean, again, I can be so guilty of this, of like, I need to get things done. I have I have a task list. I have things I got to do. And I just need, need prayer for God's strength and help for the day versus just seek him, meditate on him, enjoy him, go on a walk, pray, seek his face. Like, God... Thank you. Just, I don't know, just it might be thinking, it might be worship, it might be a mixture of things, it might be you're just quiet and still, and you're like, God, I just want to, I want your goodness to shine upon me. I just want to know you in this way. Um, maybe God has woken you up very late at night to spend time with Him. Just do that, respond to that. Um, and notice this phrase in verse 10. I don't, I don't want to like skip over it. He says, well, When my, mo- my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. I mean, this is a, a very profound verse. You know, it just reminds me of what Jesus said, how for some who follow him, they will lose their those relationships with father, mother, friend. Um, he, David says, Lord, my father and mother forsake me. When, when they do that, the Lord will take care of him. You know, I do think of David. It's funny because you remember his dad, uh, when he was showing Samuel the priest around, like Samuel's like, let me see your sons. One of your sons is going to be the king. And he shows him all of his sons and he's like, do you have any more sons? He's like, oh yeah, there's one more son, but it's it's this guy taking care of sheep. Like his father's response to David was basically, yeah, I have another son, but he's just out there tending sheep. He can't be the king. And I don't know if that stuck out in David's mind. I don't know. But David's like, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord, the Lord will take care of me. The Lord will, will be there. And I remember reading this verse uh, years ago. We actually, um, maybe, I don't know, six, seven years ago, we went to summer camp um, with some high school students, and we had a small group, my wife and I, and we had everyone read this psalm, Psalm 27, and we got to verse 10, and this girl just started weeping, and she was just just crying, and we're like, what's going on? And she opens up, and she said, you know, I didn't want to tell anyone this, but I'm like in foster care, um, and th- this has been my experience. My father and mother have forsaken me and the Lord, he's taken care of me and he's so good. And she was just talking about the goodness of God. And I can't even you know, just imagine that feeling of just being, Lord, my mom, my parents, do they love me? Do they care? And God's like, you know what? Even if they do, I will never forsake you. I'll take care of you. And so David, remember the Psalm opens up with fear and anxiety. And he's like, just saying, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? And you can see his confidence is in his father, his, his God. The Lord will take care of me. Now, um, we'll just read verse 11 through 14. And I want to share, you know, some things on why this is like my psalm in some ways. Verse 11, it says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. Verse 13, he says, I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Um, man, this, these two verses have meant so much to me. 
over the years for many different reasons. Um, I think it really hit me. I, I think I was in seventh grade and is one of those times, uh, seventh or eighth grade, uh, my grandma, she was dying of lung cancer. I remember my dad before I left just said, hey, your grandma might not you know, be alive by the time you get home from camp. Um, I think he even told me at the time she was like 85 pounds and just, you know, and I, I don't know, I didn't really know my, my grandma, my, you know, we lived in California. My dad was from Michigan and she moved, I think to like Arkansas and we didn't really know her very well. And but I don't know why it was just very heavy on me. It was really affecting me. Maybe just, I don't know, first loved one death. And so I was just broken by this thought and we were worshiping and I was reading through some Psalms and I opened my Bible here to Psalm 27. And I remember just reading this and just overwhelmed by this verse. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And it just, I don't know, it just like sunk in. It wasn't a verse. It wasn't just, you know, truth that was somewhere out there or it just was so personal. And it just so hit me and it just brought me so much comfort and there, there are times where you might read a passage in the Bible and you're like, okay, that's cool. But there's times when you experience a passage in the Bible and you're like, yes, Lord, this is true. This is good. And you say, I would have lost heart unless I had believed, unless I knew that one day I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness in the Lord just in, in heaven with Jesus in his presence. That's my future. My faith is in Jesus. And this brought me so much hope in that season and it still has and does and, um, you know, I read something, you know, I was reading something just uh, previously from just some friends and people just formerly that we we're, you know, very close to. And you read some of the posts, whether on social media or different things, and you can just see a heaviness um, on people right now. And even just, I don't know, just what we're currently walking through, it's, you know, it eventually kind of just takes that toll on you. And you kind of maybe hit a breaking point. And just that phrase, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. And even just that you're just starting off with, unless I had believed, unless I had believed. Like David's basically saying, um, whether through his adversaries, whether through circumstances, if it wasn't for his belief that he would see the goodness of the Lord, that he would see, that he would experience. And it was just this character, this quality of God's goodness, not just, and it's of the Lord, yes, but like sometimes when you remember that the Lord is good, the goodness of the Lord, you see it's it's this faith first, unless I had believed. Um, on Easter, we, we talked about, you know, Thomas and his doubt, and Thomas gets a bad rap sometimes, even though I think all of us probably would have doubted, and if you remember Thomas, like I want to, you know, touch his wounds and aside, and then I'll believe, and Jesus appears to him, and here's the saying, you know, Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And there's this idea, uh, you know, that goes around everywhere. Be you know, seeing is believing. You know, once you kind of experience it or see it for yourself, then you'll believe. And obviously, scriptures is saying believing is seeing. Like, when you believe it, you'll see it. And that's where faith comes in. Like, that's why faith, I think, frustrates so many people. It's like, well, I'm not a person of faith. I'm a person of reason, which I really do believe there's so much reason to our faith. I mean, Hebrews 11 talks about that. But the scriptures are saying, you're not going to see and fully understand everything and, and then believe. It's just not how it works. You believe, then you see. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. David says, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. He didn't see it, then believed. He believed that he would see. 
he believed he would see it. Um, and I don't know really how to explain it to you in any other way. Once you believe, you will see. It sounds foolish. I know the world wants a better answer than that, but it, it's just true. Believe and you will see. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Um, and just, and he talks about the land of the living, the land of the living. And I just, I don't know, I just love that. This land of people who are, it's just, that's where the live people are. You want to know who's awoke? You want to know who's alive? He's like, that's in God's presence, you know? And there's this confidence of just his future. There's a guy named Stuart Hamblin, and he wrote something that maybe people, many people quote, or maybe you've heard. He says, I know not what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I know not what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And then verse 14, he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And he just ends with that twice. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait, I say on the Lord. It's like he emphasizes it twice immediately. He's like, don't lose courage. He's going to strengthen your heart. Your heart's weary. Okay, he'll strengthen it. You know, those who wait upon the Lord, what does Isaiah say? Shall renew your strength. God shall renew your strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall, shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is what David's saying. Wait on the Lord. He'll strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. He's going to give you courage. Wait on the Lord. He will give you peace that does surpass understanding. That he will give you wings like eagles. You shall walk and not grow weary. I mean, it's just an unbelievable truth we see over and over again is waiting on the Lord brings strength. And again, waiting on the Lord does not just mean you're like on the couch eating potato chips all day. That's not waiting on the Lord. It can look different, I, I do believe, but I think it's an idea of like you're serving the Lord. You know, a waiter who waits on you, they're waiting on you, they're serving you. Waiting on the Lord is similar. Um, you're serving him, waiting on him, serving him. And I just believe that's where strength comes in. Just continue to serve, continue to be active, continue to press in, continue to seek and be still and be quiet. Um, and this is what David's saying. Hey, listen, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. This, for me, has been, if any life verse, this has been that life verse. Wait on the Lord. I mean, it's verse 13 and 14, but I would have lost heart. And then wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Um, listen, church, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. There is power in waiting on the Lord. It Again, like many things, I feel like today in the instant gratification culture we live in, we want something, we get it now, we press a button. If Amazon doesn't send it in two days, we're angry. I mean, in the sense where we want everything fast, waiting on the Lord is a lost art. And that's where true strength and endurance comes in. So wait on the Lord. Trust me, I want to be out of this pandemic. I can't wait to get back to normal. I really hope, I hope that there's, a sense where we can still physically hug and touch and play sports. And, you know, I don't know what the new normal look like. And that sometimes concerns me. Like, will we be able to, you know, still do things and go outside? And I, I don't know, but I know I can wait on the Lord and he will strengthen my heart. We have something the world does not have. Um, we have a God who tells us to seek his face and will meet us. And we have a God who longs to know us. And the world can have that. The world can and should, and we're here to offer that and to show them that and show them Jesus and the way of Jesus. Um, but church, let's take advantage of what we have access to, and that is the goodness of the Lord. That's it. Love you guys. Miss you guys so much. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you can share this. 
I really just hope you stay connected. Please, again, just be a part of community through right now digital groups. We call it House to House. It's on our website, House to House. You can find a leader. Um, please find someone that you might relate to or that you might not relate to. Just we'd love for you to be a part of it. We'd love for you to say, you know what? I need to be a part of an older group or younger group, whatever it is, mix it up. We would love for you to be a part of that. And again, if this has blessed you or encouraged you in any way, please feel free to share this with friends, subscribe to the podcast, rate this, review this. It just helps us get the word out and, and just stay connected to our South Florida, our community. But that is it. We love you guys. God bless you. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.